Uh, Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. The Talking Tide podcast available to you wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Facebook Live broadcasts as well, twice weekly during the fall. And of course, if you follow us on Twitter, at talking underscore tie, that's the handle. You can get quick links to our Sunday night and Wednesday night podcast on Alabama football throughout the fall. I want to thank Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, Raycon Earbuds, and DraftKings as well. And Travis, we get started uh, recapping Alabama's wild and woolly 49-26 victory on the road over the Arkansas Razorbacks. I'm just back uh, from the Fayetteville trip uh, here in the last couple of hours. I made it back to Tuscaloosa. Lengthy day of Sunday travel uh, with a with a pretty lengthy layover in Dallas. But uh, tell you what, worth the trip for some exciting football, especially that third quarter. Things got awfully heated there uh, for a bit and you know, of course, uh, apart from the highlights of the game, Travis, a big storyline coming out of this one is a sprained shoulder for Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Bryce Young. Yeah, you could pick a quarter Saturday and have a potential national college football storyline, right? First quarter, it was Bryce throwing for a, a gazillion yards. I guess a quarter and some change there. In the first quarter, the second quarter, you had Bryce's injury. Uh, Jalen Milrow comes into the game. The third quarter, you had Arkansas special teams changing the game significantly there. And then in the fourth quarter, you had Jalen Milrow and probably even more so Jameer Gibbs from the Alabama perspective. So pick a quarter Saturday, Chase. And we had plenty to write about and we're going to have plenty to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Alabama gets up to... Uh, a massive lead, 28 zip out of the gate. Arkansas then comes back with 23 unanswered points. They beat Alabama 16 zip in the third quarter uh, mm-hmm. and uh, did a little research for something I wrote up here on Sunday. Well, last time anybody beat Alabama worse than 16 points in a quarter was uh, LSU in 2019 outscored Alabama in the second quarter of that game, 23 to six. Uh, so that, that, that gives you a picture of what a beatdown it was, Travis, in that third stanza. Yeah. And I would have guessed probably Clemson would have been up there maybe in that 2019 national championship game it capped the 2018 season. That one got a little messy for Alabama and some stretches there. So Good stuff, yeah. LSU came into Tuscaloosa and kind of jumped the tide in that one. Um, as you mentioned, Jalen Milrow uh, came in, and obviously the, the the offense, and Saban admitted this after the game, completely different with him in the game uh, in, in more than one way. I got to tell you, though, Travis, for my money, the 77-yard, even though it wasn't a touchdown, that 77-yard run on third and 15 was the play of the game uh, because – given the field position and the momentum and the down and distance at the time and all those things that completely flipped it, in my opinion. And really now 
if you one could argue that the the two biggest plays of the season to date for Alabama have both been quarterback scrambles. Bryce Young, a 20-yard scramble in Austin to set up a game-winning field goal. And now Jalen Milrow in relief of Young uh, really completely flips the field and flips the game uh, with his breakaway. Yeah, this one is third and 15. You just had a false start on J.C. Latham and uh, – you know, Arkansas had the right defense called, you know, or they thought they did. They had the right defense called. I don't know if they had enough people or the right people to sort of deal with a guy like Jalen Milrow once he breaks the pocket because that's tough of any linebacker to ask that. Bumper pool just happened to be the poor soul that was sort of confronted with that duty <laughs> on that play. But I, I, it'd be impossible to disagree with you on that. Um you know, everything was working against Alabama at that point. You figured uh, maybe that Arkansas was about to get the ball in a pretty short field. And, um, you know, playing at home, it it started to feel like Arkansas pre-Nick Saban. It started to feel a little bit like 2006 Fayetteville. A little, just a little bit. Yeah. And then Milrow does his thing, and, and it felt like the... Things got out of order. Order, order. They were they were a little out of order, but then order was restored. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas reference there. Anytime, folks, folks who listen to this podcast on the regular, Travis, surely by now know that uh, we often drop in uh, random, sure, sometimes innocuous quotes from a really a pretty small circle of movies. Oh, oh brother, we're out thou. Uh, is one of those Goodfellas certainly is one of those uh, Casino every cas- once in a while maybe Casino uh, Sling Blade yes uh, to to a lesser yeah. and to a lesser extent a few others but uh, maybe for some of our new listeners when, when yeah. you hear, hear something yeah. that's uh, sounds a little uh, out of water yeah and, uh, <laughs> that's where it's coming from and what, where it's coming from for sure all right uh, offensively Travis as well I, I, I think. Uh, the offensive line probably played its best game for the Crimson Tide. Um, young, well-protected while he was in there, had the time to hit some big throws, big throw to Isaiah Bond, big throw to Kobe Prentice. Prentice had another big one that was more of a catch and run, uh, but thought the pass protection was was as good as I've seen it, especially given Arkansas came in uh, with a highly productive pass rush. Uh, And then in the running game, you look at Jameer Gibbs going for 206 on 18. You got to say this was their best performance all around, don't you? Yeah, and you don't have Darian Dahlcourt at center, so you plug Seth McLaughlin back in there. And I fully anticipated more of Kendall Randolph in the game, maybe more 12 personnel because Alabama had to do that a year ago against Arkansas. But uh five man protection at times they were picking up arkansas's five it wasn't just five picking up four they were picking up five on occasion with five and that doesn't get any better than that i agree i think since um you know the the end of the 2020 season for sure it's as good as we've seen alabama look in that regard and you know run blocking was was okay um you know they still have some empty carries from time to time i think Jameer Gibbs had 18 carries in the game. Eight of them went for three yards or less. But, you know, when you got a home run hitter, you're going to strike out. You're going to hit a few pop-ups. But when he gets a hold of one, if when he centers one up, so to speak, 
you're going to get what you got there in the fourth quarter too. Yeah, two really explosive runs from Gibbs. Both of them looked like – both of them were out the gates so fast that it seemed like Arkansas was in an eight-man front or something and and uh, weren't necessarily. But, yeah, Gibbs, uh, phenomenal. He only needs a little bit of a crease, and uh, he's, he's off to the races. Season-high carries for Gibbs as well. I don't think he's anywhere near 18 uh, in, his, uh, in his first four games with Alabama. So uh, all around, especially given the quarterback situation, a phenomenal uh, performance for the most part by the offense. Uh, Defensively, Travis, uh, in my opinion, this was Kool-Aid McKinstry's best overall game, maybe his career, a couple of pass breaks up for him, six uh, solo tackles, had a TFL uh, and punt return wise, no ball security issues. 77 yards on three returns. We talked about this last week with JoJo Earl coming back. Uh, you know, would he be able to hang on to that job? And as much as Saban's insisted that it's Earl's job, and he's and he's and he's made that point more than once uh, since Earl's gotten hurt. Uh, it it looks harder and harder to pull Kool Aid out of this role. Yeah, I mean, if he's gonna have these chunk returns and not just one a game, but multiples, and also. You know, give some credit to that return unit as a whole. I think there's some guys that do a really good job on the outside and sort of helping him uh, get some space initially. And uh, But he certainly has a knack for it. And he has that short space quickness where he's able to make that first guy miss even if he needs to uh, and can kind of see things open up. And, you know, it's almost like with his basketball background, he's like a point guard who can see the floor extremely well and he's able to set things up, maybe that plays into it. But uh, he's been tremendous, and you're right. At corner, he was really good. I thought both corners took a big step forward. Terry and Arnold was really good. Kool-Aid had the P.I. where he got quick snapped a little bit there, I guess, in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, he was tremendous, had the tackle for loss that you mentioned in the quick game very early, Uh, I think Arkansas's first possession. And then, you know, again, Arnold just – just really solid on that other side. So they they look to be trending very much in a good direction right now at those spots. Maybe for me, Travis, the most interesting interesting thing Nick Saban said in the post game had to do with McKinstry in the secondary playing at the star. Brian Branch went out of the game with an injury. Malachi Moore got cramps. He goes out, and Saban said, "We ain't got a third star." So they just. <laughs> They just had to throw Kool-Aid in there, uh, and he said he told Helms and Battle make sure he knows what he's doing snap to snap. Um, speaks highly of certainly of McKinstry's athleticism and versatility for sure, but the, the flip side of that, Travis, is does, it, does that not say something about the bottom half of Alabama's depth in the secondary that – the best they 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 the the guy they trust the most I guess emergency as a guy three star is an emergency starter who hadn't played there at a lick because I promise you that Branch and Malachi Moore aren't the only two guys that have practiced at the star no. so what is that that says that says something uh, two ways doesn't it Yeah well they've got a veteran in Jacquez Robinson that they've worked at the star um, in the past I think we've even seen him there some this season in some games in which Alabama has, has had in command, but 
no, uh, that's that's problematic. And you also saw Devonta Smith come in there in the dime uh, once Branch went out. And as much as was made, and, and, and understandably so, with the, the injury to Bryce, but well, that was two big injuries in the same quarter for Alabama. When you talk about Bryce Young and Brian Branch, um, that's a lot to overcome. And so, uh, you know, give those guys credit for hanging in there. Malachi had a pass breakup. I think he was coming on a blitz, and it was actually set up. If he doesn't get a hand up on that K.J. Jefferson pass, it looked like Arkansas had something working to its sideline there in the second half. So that was a big play that he made. And um, defensive back play in general, Alabama missed some tackles. You know, I thought one of the big igniters for Arkansas in the comeback was in that drive when they finally got on the board after Alabama went up 28 to nothing. And if we're going to start talking about this defense being elite, elite defenses don't give up what Alabama gave up there at the end of the first half with a 28 to nothing. They don't go to sleep. Right. on a 28 to nothing lead and uh rocket sanders breaks tackles like three tackle attempts by three of alabama's very best defenders and from there they get in the end zone and and there's a little life now at 28 to 7 um but for the most part i, I would say a solid performance um not spectacular and and then penalties kind of crept back into things as the game wore on as well yeah there were some late penalties especially on the defensive side of the ball that got under Nick Saban's skin I think they ended up with 10 penalties total uh Rocket Sanders ended up with a with a c-note 101 yards Mm -hmm. on 22 carries he was big in keeping the chain Arkansas out game Arkansas had more first downs than Alabama did by a lot let me pull that up really quick I think Arkansas, Travis, had 26, 25, 26. Yeah, and that was, what, 10 more than Alabama? So they, Alabama had 17, so yeah, yeah, right there in that neighborhood. Moved the chains on him for sure. And Sanders is a big dude, man. I know we talk about him in terms of speed, Chase, but he's 225 pounds. There was a third and 14, you'll recall this. Looks like Alabama has K.J. Jefferson sacked. He gets the ball out to Rocket Sanders, who proceeds to run through Jordan Battle. Yeah, and convert that. I'm sure you recall that play. So, you know, Alabama's got to be better when we talk about their marquee defenders finishing tackles. But we also got to give some credit to this dude because he's he's a lot more than just speed. He's he can play. He's what's about 225 pounds. Yeah, six two two twenty five. He's gonna play in the NFL probably for a while. You know. Bigger, bigger than he looks, and, and yeah. was ex- extremely effective, uh, impressive for sure. Jaheim Otis probably bears some mention too, Travis. I thought he was really good going up against one of the best centers in college football, and Ricky Stromberg. We touched on this uh, in the Wednesday nighter last week when we previewed this game. Eight tackles, which is a lot for an interior DL. I think almost all of them were assists, but still, he's around the ball and picks up a sack as well. He did. I thought he did some good things. You know, not having Justin Aboigby changes them a little bit in terms of their rotation. But, you know, you saw some of the other guys get an opportunity. Jamil Burroughs doesn't show up in the box score, but I thought there were a couple times where he was pretty successful in in getting some form of pressure on K.J. Jefferson uh, in some passing situations. So, um, you know, again, I wouldn't say it was a, a, a performance for all time. Um, 
But if anything, I thought the defensive line in terms of consistency was maybe uh, a little ahead of the ne- of the second level, uh, the linebacker level. I thought they were pretty close, but you know, I thought it looked like you had a bust on the touchdown run by Arkansas there in the third quarter by A.J. Green, the 13-yarder. It looked like maybe Tim Smith was running a pass rush game, right? And it was a run play, <laughs> and he just runs right out of the gap, and you know Jalen Moody gets ate up by a guard, and it's it's a walk in, and you're just not used to seeing that. No, I, I, that was unusual for sure, and and you know, big play wise for Arkansas, certainly the onside kick was huge. Uh, that came between two scoring drives. I think that was uh, came between a touchdown and a field goal. The mishandled punt snap uh, for Alabama setting up a really short field. That crowd was probably never louder all day uh, yeah. than it was w- when Arkansas took over that short field after that uh, after that punt disaster. Ends up being 23 unanswered points total for Arkansas. Obviously, seven of them came at the end of the first half, as you noted, uh, but. You know, Alabama was able to weather it, Travis, but that was were, – were it not for the first-half dominance, the game could have been lost easily in, in that whole scenario. Yeah, again, it, it had a sense of uh, some Alabama trips to Fayetteville from a previous era, uh, we'll say. But, no, you know, the little things look big in retrospect, too. I thought even though they gave up the onside kick um, – they limited that to a red zone field goal. Um, they forced a couple of red zone field goals. Uh, didn't allow Arkansas into the end zone in those situations on a couple of occasions. Third downs, they were better early than they were late. I think it was one for seven Arkansas to start the game. I think they ended up five of 16. So they obviously were closer to 50% on thirds from that point forward. So now, there were still a lot of good things from this Alabama team. It's just more of the things, uh, can they get out of their own way enough to ultimately reach what their potential is? And I think there's still plenty of time for them to do that. It's still week five. We have to remind ourselves of that. And and then as the day wears on, you see some teams like Georgia struggling on the road at Missouri and uh, you know situations like that. And you're reminded that, yeah, there's still a lot of football left to go and um, this team still has plenty of room to grow. Speaking of getting out of its own way, uh, we got we got away from talking about the offensive side of the ball without mention of another round of drops. Drops. Wide receivers, oh, yeah. Especially in the first half. It was mm-hmm. awful. Ja'Cory Brooks uh, got cooled on the sideline for a while. I think after his last drop in the first half, he disappeared for a couple quarters. I think I saw him back in the game there in the fourth. Uh, but uh, he definitely did not have a day. And it wasn't just him. And, yes, there were a couple of balls uh, that weren't perfectly thrown. Um, I believe one was a little high for Kobe Prentice. I think there was another one that was a little low and behind Trayshawn Holden. Mm-hmm. But it, but but as a what they tell you in, all, in every receiver room in the country, the mm-hmm. receiver coach is saying if you can get two – Two hands on it. I don't care where it is. You got to come up with it. Yeah, I think there were, at a minimum, four just straight clean drops. Yeah. The kind that you don't explain away. And two of them were by Ja'Cory. The extended play where 
in the first quarter, Bryce just puts it literally in his face mask yeah. and, and it goes off of his head or helmet. And that might've been the one where, where we, we'd seen the last of him for a while. Well, I think the back shoulder throw in the second quarter while Bryce was still in there that, that's uh, right. against that coverage, that's, you can't throw that ball any better. Yeah. And that one goes off his hands. You mentioned Trayshawn with at least one. And Cam too had one too. You know, the little sort of boot action or, uh, you know, getting Jalen out of the pocket a little bit to give him an easy throw. And uh, he kind of put it on Cam's hip maybe a little bit more than you would like, but still, uh, it's just a straight drop. So absolutely, uh, the drops were, were definitely problematic on, on Saturday. All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. We are going to thank uh, a couple of fine sponsors of the program right now. We're going to start out by telling you all about North River Dental Associates, former Alabama linebacker Jack Smalley and his great staff of dental hygienists. They'll get all your dental needs taken care of, your families as well. Porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry, endodontics, dentures, the teeth whitening services, they do it all. Also, Botox and Juvederm treatments to tighten up those facial features. Convenient location right off of Watermelon Road at 1100 Fairfax Park. They're going to get you in and out the door in less than an hour, typically on a routine cleaning. The phone number over there, 752-3506. You can also make an appointment online at NorthRiverDentist.com. It is North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Of course, you're going to find those hand-dipped strawberries dipped daily, fresh for you at Peterbrook Chocolatier. And of course, the chocolate-covered popcorn, the signature item there at Peterbrook Chocolatier, the Alabama goodies. We had the, uh, you know, at Peterbrook, we had the, uh, we had the chocolate-dipped bacon last week for Arkansas week. Good nice. I don't know what we're going to come up with for, for A&M, another home game on the horizon for Alabama, maybe some Jimbo gelato or something. I, I don't know what to come up. I've talked to the chocolate lady about it, but <laughs> they're going to have all your game day treats right there at Peterbrook chocolate 1530 McFarland Boulevard North Halloween, four weeks away too. those caramel chocolate dipped apples. Yeah. Nothing says fall like those, right? Outstanding. All right. Also going to tell you a little bit about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings NFL action in full swing at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Big plays, touchdowns, and even bigger wins. New customers now can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win $200 in free bets if they do. Make things sweeter. You can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it right there on your screen. That's promo code TPPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And finally, going to tell you all about Raycon earbuds. You can't beat those either. I've had a pair for uh, roughly a month or so now, and they're going in my ears just about every day now. Uh, they're just fantastic. The Raycon Everyday Earbuds have a great look, feel, and sound. Optimized gel tips, 
perfect in-ear fit. They will not slip out on you. Eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life, half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have more than 50,000 five-star reviews. So go, go to buyraycon.com today. Use promo code TPPN15. You'll get 15% off of your Raycon order. Once again, that's promo code TPPN15 at buyraycon.com, and you'll score 15% off those same earbuds that I got. You just can't beat them. All right, Travis, Talking Tide podcast closes out, as always, with a look at a few scores around the Southeastern Conference. I think uh, at least a brief mention of four games uh, would be merited here. LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Georgia. Victories for all of those teams. All in tight games except for Mississippi State. They beat TAMU uh, pretty good, 42-24. How about the scare Mizzou put into Georgia, though? Yeah. Uh, 26-22. That I did not see coming. And But that being said, even when it was 22-12 to 12, with about, what, nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter, I still had no expectation of Missouri hanging on <laughs> and winning that game. And Georgia did what it needed to do to get the win. Um, you know, I think that Kirby's got plenty of teaching tape at this point because if his team didn't listen to him after a lackluster performance against a Mac opponent the previous week, I think they'll listen to him after this one. Uh, the narrow win over Missouri did not see that coming in terms of competitiveness. And uh, you almost feel sorry for Auburn because that's who's up next for the dogs. And I, I get the sense I feel like George is probably going to come out of this two-game little funk here and make Auburn pay for it. Auburn goes down 21-17. They had a 17-point lead, 17-0 at one point in that game, Travis. They cough it up four times in the turnover department. LSU able to put – they were both – both teams just trying to give that game away late for sure. Yeah, uh, it was like Missouri all over again. Second yeah. straight Saturday, we got the same game, it felt like, didn't it? Bananas. Uh, yeah, Brian Kelly gets out of there with a win. Uh, the drumbeat on Brian Harson certainly getting louder. A lot of people don't think he's going to make it out of the season, Travis. I think Brian Harson's at the point, write me my check that you should have wrote me in the offseason. Right. Just cut me my check. You know, it's not that I don't think that he's not doing the best he can anymore, but there's got to be a part of Brian Harson at this. Just give me a check, you know, and I'll go back West or whatever. I, I, Brian Harson will have a job in 2023. If he wants it, this is going to be perceived. I, I don't think it was ever a great fit. I'm not saying that, but the perception is going to continue to be, this is more of an Auburn problem than a Brian Harson problem. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, a lot of, a lot of meddling. Uh, <laughs> as they call it, Travis. Yeah. Oh, there's, I don't think uh, I don't think there's people that are doubting that for one second at this point. Ole Miss twenty two nineteen over Kentucky. My uh, my third ranked SEC squad uh, in my pow my weekly power rankings has been Kentucky now for several weeks. They go down to Ole Miss. I put Ole Miss at number three uh, to replace those Wildcats. Uh, Lane Kiffin's squad still 
Still with a uh, – gets into October with a goose egg and that loss column. And you know before that game, if you had told Mark Stoops, look, it's going to be uh, a game where the winner's in the low 20s, he would have liked his team. That was the kind of game that you would have liked Kentucky in. And without a couple of mistakes there at the very end, and credit Ole Miss for making a play on defense on Levis there um, to force that game-clinching turnover. But uh, that's impressive to me is that – you know, this is the kind of game Ole Miss wasn't able to win a couple of years ago. Uh, and even with DJ Durkin moving on to Texas A&M as the defensive coordinator, uh, got to give Ole Miss defense a lot of credit for for helping to to, to shut the door on uh, a Kentucky team that had Christian Rodriguez back at the running back position, as we talked about last week, too. Yeah, yeah. Full uh, compliment in the backfield, finally, for Kentucky. I only scored 19. Will Levis, a lot of criticism coming out of this loss. I'm still a Will Levis guy. Uh, I, I think, and I know quarterbacks get too much credit and too much blame. I get that, uh, but I don't think I, I don't think we've heard the last of them. Put it that I way. think the draft process for Will Levis might be similar to what it was for Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. Right? There were a lot of buyers on Josh Allen. But there were a lot of no thank yous on yep. there. What I'm saying is, didn't seem like there was a middle ground, did there? Right. With right. Josh Allen, I think with Will Evis, big picture when we start getting into draft talk, I, I think that's what you're going to probably see with him. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I think as well that that and if you look at where Josh Allen got picked out of Wyoming, this this goes to show that. Only takes one team to fall That's in right. love with you, and you can go as high as as they're picking. Yep. Uh, so uh, it, there can be a whole lot of teams that are cool on Will Levis. He still may go super high because mm-hmm. uh, all it takes is one GM to be completely new quarterback sold. fever, baby. Ooh, That's everybody. Everybody's got to have one. Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join us. Wednesday night when we preview Alabama's home game, highly anticipated home game against Jimbo Fisher. And Sad Texas trombone A&M. for CBS. Ag, womp, 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 womp. <laughs> That's right. Uh, be a lot of fun. Be a lot of talk about the Saban Jimbo feud all week long. I'm sure both coaches will downplay it, but uh, won't be downplayed around them, will it, Travis? Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> Upplayed. It'll be upplayed. Yes. Everywhere. Absolutely. Everywhere. everywhere we might get a few. We might get a few you people out of Nick Saban <laughs> in relation to the to the Jimbo situation. Yep. Our creation, uh, Chase. Yeah. We you people created create yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate everything you do. <laughs> you got it down cold. <laughs> if, if that if that happens. You'll you'll be able to see me bite my tongue on the Zoom. <laughs> I, I, I'll bite the tip of my tongue right off. Yes. So, oh, uh, uh, we'll be ready. A lot of fun for sure. All right, for Travis Ryer, BamaOnline.com. I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News. Be sure to join us Wednesday night on the Talking Tide podcast. <laughs>